Hello, and welcome back to Goat Homeschooling with Erin and Amanda. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Erin. I'm drinking my coffee. Why are you making me talk? (laughs) I know. (laughs) I'm so mean. Today, we're going to have a fun conversation all about teens. I know several of our listeners have teens. That's part of the draw of this podcast is that we have been there, done that. And so we're going to talk a little bit about teens, uh, jobs, transcripts, school, attitudes, fun things. <laughs> right. You said fun in air quotes, right? Like that's right. Air, you can't see the air quotes when I said fun, right? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Goat Homeschooling with Erin and Amanda. I'm Erin. And I'm Amanda. This is the podcast to encourage moms that have been at this homeschooling gig longer than five years and plan on sticking with it through the high school years. The long haulers, as we like to say. We want to help you have the greatest of all time homeschool that meets the needs of your family by encouraging you with real conversations on the issues that pop up as you've been in this homeschool lifestyle for years. So it'll be fun to try and see if there's people out there that need the encouragement and there's anything that we can do to help others as they get started on their journey. That'd be awesome. That's what we're here for. Having teenagers, especially as homeschooling teenagers, it's really interesting. And it's a different experience than having teenagers as public school parents. You know, you there's a trade out there for sure. I mean, I don't think the homeschool kids are missing anything, but there's definitely a trade because all these other adults are running there. You have a whole school full of adults that are running, <laughs> having all these things mm-hmm. for the kids to do, right? Like um, college, they have the, the colleges fair day and they have, you know, all this other hoopla. And so we have to figure that out. Right. So that's like an important mm-hmm. part of having teens and getting them jobs. And there's not job fairs for homeschoolers that I know of. Do you know of any job fairs for homeschoolers? You know, I vaguely remember there's some sort of thing, but I don't know that it's necessarily job fair, but more of like a homeschool college fair at one of the local right. homeschool friendly universities that has recruiting for that, or they have like military recruiters out there, but I don't know of any specific homeschool job right. fairs. No. We have to figure that out on our own. So that's kind of what we could talk about today is like, how do we figure that out? Well, how do we feel those things? You know, when we have these up and coming teenagers, you know, what is everybody else doing? And we all have this homeschool community, which is wonderful. Mm -hmm. Most of us do anyway. And how do we get them a job that we know that they're not going to be preyed on by pedophiles? You know, how do we get them, you know, in volunteering positions and working in, in areas that are safe and, and healthy for them to be in? I know that's been a concern for me as a parent of teens. Um, Mm -hmm. because we do as Christians, we do shelter them from, the worldly viewpoint for a lot of different things, but we also want to armor them with the wherewithal to spot a mm-hmm. tricky person. We call them tricky people in our house, spot a tricky yeah. person, you know, and, um, and avoid it and stand up for what's right and have the armor of God and so forth. And that's hard. You know, I mean, I've got kids that have very soft hearts I don't want to harden them. You know, I like you want to keep their hearts as soft as you can, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, you know, send them out to the world and, oh, no, nothing touched them. You know, they have to wrap them in bubble wrap, but that's, that's hard to do. Yeah. So one of my kids, we had a volunteering experience. There was another homeschooling mom that had a a horse rescue. And so she was looking for help um, with the horses. And so my husband and my son went and put in fences and cut down trees and 
helped tend to the horse, whatever she needed to have done. And as, as a volunteering opportunity, and that was something that we counted as a resume buffer. You know, there's some hospitals, mm-hmm. my oldest son, there was a summer program at the local hospital where I worked. So I was there, I was watching him like a hawk, but he would take, help take patients from the front door to their doctor's appointments and so forth. And so mm-hmm. he volunteered during the summertime and that was humbling for him because he was one of those that needed humbling. And mm-hmm. it was good for him, which I know you've got one of those too. So she might look for a, a hospital or a nursing home that she can go volunteer in. <laughs> yeah. You know, actually before we moved, there was a horse, another nonprofit horse therapy place that offered therapy for teens or kids through the horses and getting to brush them and wash them and ride them and get comfortable with them. And they'd have one-on-one. And so actually it was sad because we moved a little bit further away and at her age, she was then able to, after having gone through that program, be a volunteer, but because we moved, it was too far to drive. So yeah, I think finding things like that, where like small nonprofits that are local are a really good place to look for opportunities for our kids, because a lot of times you will have a connection somehow to the person whenever it's like a huge corporate organization, you know, that has some opportunities. Sometimes it's hard to get to know who the people are that your kids will actually be working with. Right. Um, or there's just different restrictions. Like I'm thinking of harvesters, uh, downtown Kansas city, they had, uh, age restrictions. And Mm -hmm. I know that's one of the things that I hear from a lot of homeschool moms is I want to volunteer with my family, but I have a lot of little ones with me. So, you know, how is it that we can connect and, you know, one of the organizations that I actually volunteer with is KCMO Angels, which is helping out foster families. And that's a really good program if you're in KC. And I know they have national chapters, I guess, in different states and cities across the United States where you can partner with a local foster family and your kids can have uh, part of that experience as well. Shopping for the families. There's these things called love boxes that you give each month to the family. So it's maybe not doing something like face-to-face with the person that you're helping every single time, but that time during the month that you meet to give the box and stuff, your kids can definitely come with. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if that's something you are comfortable with or the family that you're helping. So helping local foster community is always a big Mm -hmm. need. um, Yeah. And there's soup kitchens too, but soup kitchens also tend to have an age restriction, but yeah. You know, um, I remember when I was, I was in campfire crawls and boys, um, we went to the nursing homes and we would give gifts in the winter time and, you know, at Christmas, um, we would have small gift giving things for people in assisted livings and nursing homes. And we would do a singing thing where we, you know, we'd go in and go caroling. And, you know, I think that there, there are, there are volunteer programs for places like that. You know, you're talking about fostering, but also, um, in the hospitals and, you know, any of those community places, you know, where there's a lot of people from the community um, that Mm -hmm. could potentially need help, soup kitchens, some of those churches that have food drives, you know, where my kids have pantries, pantries, yes, and volunteering. My kids have done that with 4-H and that was eye-opening for them to go to a church and help load cars for people that did not have any money. And, you know, my youngest was like, he even said this to an elderly lady, you're so lucky you get free food. 
and (laughs) you know like um I mean from the mouths of babes right I mean it was such an innocent comment you know and he was looking for the blessing in it for that person and um and he found it but it wasn't necessarily an appropriate thing for him to say so we talked about that later on and (laughs) but definitely you know there's lots of opportunities like that and all of those things are things that we can write down and make sure that we uh-huh. save in our back pocket for their resume. Yeah, you know, then- I'm even thinking, yeah, too, there's like a women's shelter nearby doing drives, like you said, sometimes mm-hmm. maybe putting the teens, like, what are you interested in helping? Or what's, who's someone that maybe is laid on your heart to right. give a helping hand to? What could you do? And a lot of the times, like you said, that looks great on a resume for one, but first off, it's going to change that kid's heart, hopefully Mm -hmm. to serve and to see needs and to help meet needs. And maybe even to write a business plan or some sort of plan to Mm -hmm. meet those needs. And they'll get all kinds of job experience through that, but also just the compassion that is built. And we do try to look for things like that with our family as well, where we can, um, whether that's a financial donation or, uh, you know, the canned goods, taking them to wherever to be dropped off as donation. Um, yeah, that's fantastic. And animal, I was just thinking as you were talking animal shelters too, that a lot mm-hmm. of times they will take volunteers. There's even programs for some animal shelters where the kids can go and read to the dogs, you know, and so just picking up the phone and calling or, you know, looking around in in your communities and um, emailing places that is something that's on your, on your child's heart. We might might be surprised who's willing and ready and able and excited to have um, our children volunteer for. And then building those resumes, man, those resumes are hard to build uh-huh. from nothing. You know, I helped yeah. my son write a resume recently and he just has so little experience, even with volunteering and with, he's a black belt, first degree black belt in Taekwondo and having all these things on his resume. It's like, <laughs> it's hard to, mm-hmm. you know, have a page, you know, have a one page resume to send into people. It's tough. It's very tough. Yeah. So the more they can do, the better off they are as far as that's concerned. And then getting paying positions later on. Yeah. And, you know, just, it can be as simple as if you're in a neighborhood or, you know, you have neighbors, maybe you are having your kid go door to door to say what, you know, maybe you have an elderly neighbor. How can I help you? Can I mow your lawn? Do you have an errand to run? You know, if you've Mm -hmm. got teens that drive, they could easily, you know, go to the store and help pick up some groceries or something for a person, Mm -hmm. maybe finding like that buddy, the older person in the community, or maybe it's helping out a mom with a special needs child and saying, Hey, can I run this errand for you? What can I take off your plate? And, you know, a lot of times teens want to be helpful. I mean, they really do Yeah, for the most part (laughs) in their own little special ways, maybe not at their (laughs) own house, but if you send them to someone else's, they will be like, you know, stoked to get a chance to (laughs) spread those wings a little bit, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. And you know, I think it's good. You know, my daughter is 17 and she just got her first job and she's had that job for a couple of months and it's been going pretty well. And we've had some good conversations or her having conversations with my husband too, about just situations that come up at work or how to manage people or your feelings about someone in a situation at work. You know, we've tried to give her the advice that, you know, these people may be nice, but they're not your friends. They're your coworkers. So mm-hmm. keep that in mind when you're having conversations. 
that, you know, and just using our experience sometimes is a really good work experience and good work environment. Uh, we were able to thankfully find a really cool local business for her to work at that's small. The people are local. They live in our town. Um, so we get to know a little bit more. So if you are looking for a job, I would highly recommend for your teen, try and find a local business. Maybe I think mm-hmm. that's, yeah, they're always looking for help. And if your teen is willing to do that, my teen is not willing to do that. And yeah. I just applied for a job at a restaurant and I was shocked. Like I could have fallen over dead um, <laughs> because it was not something that he was willing to do. But, you know, when you have special needs kids, like you have someone with severe anxiety or whatever, you have to work with what you've got. And yeah. Um, but continuing those convers the same conversations, you know, what are you interested mm-hmm. in? Maybe we could go here. Maybe we could try this. Um, this business is known to be a Christian business. Maybe that would be, oh, uh-huh. they are. Okay. Then that kind of softens his heart towards that particular business. You know, yeah, it's a great growth opportunity for you. And I'm not guaranteeing that someone's that everyone's going to be nice to you there, but you know, mm-hmm. knowing that their foundations are Christian based kind of help him to feel a little bit more at ease yeah. about it. So, you know, all of those conversations and if you're, if they're not ready for a job per se, then definitely volunteering at places can mm-hmm. kind of, um, open ready. up that experience. Right. To working. Can, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think knowing your kid too, you know, my oldest is very chatty with people. She likes that interaction, you know, mm-hmm. some of my other kids, not so much. So maybe having a job where they're driving a truck or doing something alone or not having as much face-to-face interaction would be a much more comfortable introduction to the workforce than sticking them forward facing with the customers. Exactly, Uh, That can be very intimidating to some kids. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is our case. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What? I have to talk to people? What? No. Mm -mm. Well, and you have such different kids too. Like I remember growing up, I was public schooled the the second that I turned 15, I'm like, I'm going to work at McDonald's because that was what I wanted to do. <laughs> that was my dream job. <laughs> so what did I do? I worked at McDonald's for a little bit. It was my first job. What was your first job, Amanda? Um, I was 14 and a girlfriend of mine was, she roped me into it. I get roped into things. Why do why do my girlfriends rope me into things? Um, she, Cause you're so fun to hang out with. We would just want to do everything with you. <laughs> she was doing, okay, this is good. Totally going to make me sound super old, but she was doing carpet cleaning telemarketing. And oh. so she, because she was a little bit older than I was. And so she was already driving. She had her permit and was driving and she might've even had her license at that point. And so she picked me up and drove me to work. And we worked from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. picking up the telephone to call people to see if they wanted their carpets cleaned. It was a really big lesson in how to deal with people, how to deal with difficult people. Um, The manager was difficult. The people we called, like I remember the guys on the other line, on the other end of the line going, hear that? It's hardwood. Stop calling me. You know, like, (laughs) (laughs) sorry, you're on my list, you know, like, um, Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I lasted there about a month and then I was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not cut out for this. A short time later, I got hired on at a local restaurant, you know, which is similar to what your daughter was doing, but I was a hostess and, um, went into waitressing and I worked there for two and a half years. So, wow. It was called Caroline's. It's no longer 
in business mm-hmm. and the, the little old lady, I love old people, Erin, you know, this, the, mm-hmm. the little old lady that ran it, she was probably 75 or 80 and she was tiny, tiny, tiny lady. Her name was Caroline. It's her restaurant. And she was the sweetest woman. Like I could have worked for her for forever because she was just so wonderful and so kind. And, you know, so coming from that experience of telemarketing to mm-hmm. um, having Caroline and I dyed my hair burgundy all the time. You know, I love to dye my hair and have it be kind of any shade of pink. And here she comes in one day, she had these big, long gray locks in a ponytail all the time. And this one time she came in and it was pink and I went, Oh, you know, so she's like, well, I just love your hair so much, Mandy. I wanted to do my hair like yours. So, I mean, oh, she wow. was just so sweet. Yeah. She was, that's awesome. So I worked there for a long time, but anyway, yeah. So working at restaurants is different than working in fast food. Like, I think it's a completely different experience. Wouldn't you agree? It is. Yeah, I think so. Back to teens. Yes. <laughs> as far as it goes with homeschooling. And so we talked about jobs. We talked about volunteering. Yep. Um, one thing that I was just working on for my oldest, who was a senior this year, uh, is transcripts. Now, everybody mm-hmm. I know that starts out homeschooling, there's kind of two camps I feel like people fall in. The people who are like, I'm just going to homeschool and while they're little, and then I'm going to send them either in middle school or high school, you know, that's the plan. They never intend on homeschooling them at all for the quote hard years, you know, they right. just want the fun school stuff and then they'll send them away. Um, and then you have people like you and I who are like, well, if we're in this, we're going to, we're going to ride this ship yeah. until it sinks, you know, <laughs> I was so scared of high school. I was so well, starting out. I was like, I don't even want to think about high school yet. And then, right. you know, as the years go on and I've talked to my son about my older one about this, um, you know, and he's talked about, well, what would have happened if I had gone to public school? Well, how would this have gone? Had I gone to public school? What if I would have been in high school and public school? And I, I've told him and he completely agrees that it has literally saved all of our lives for us to be homeschooling and so many different ways. And we talk about the experiences that my husband and I had when we were in high school and how things are so much different now. And and stuff. And our son is like, I'm so thankful I didn't go. I'm so thankful. Thank you so much. You know, he's not a kid for prom. He's not a, he didn't even want a graduation. He's like, he's so happy to be able to do what he wanted to do. You know, it's just such a huge blessing. So if you're, you know, on the fence about trying to decide, do I continue homeschooling through middle school and high school? You know, you think it's hard, but you choose your hard right? Like Mm -hmm. we all have our hard that we have to choose and it's hard to send them because it comes with a whole different other bag of worms as it does if you keep them. And so I chose my hard, you know, to keep Mm -hmm. them home. And for us, I'm not saying it's the same for everyone, but for us, it was a lifesaver. So I'm just so grateful for it. and so thankful for it. And you know, the kids talking about transcripts, they can actually start accruing high school um, credits in eighth grade. So you're yeah. looking at these transcripts. So many of them only have four years. Like it's a, this formatted sheet of paper and there's only f- four, four boxes there that you fill in. Well, what about eighth grade? Right? So like if they're already getting high school credits in eighth grade, then where does that stuff go? And when I started doing my trans, the transcript for my older son, he had a lot of high school credits in eighth grade. It was high school level work he was doing in eighth grade. 
And so it didn't make sense to do, cause I couldn't add a fifth box. Like, I mean, it got all wonky and it was all over the place and stuff. And so I ended up doing a lot of searching about um, different types of transcript formatting and what we ended mm-hmm. up landing on and using, which I like is having it listed out by subject, not by year. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you have still have year there, but you know, it's, it's blocked out like, okay, this is science and this is literally, you know, um, language yeah. arts and so forth. And it's, so it's, I think that's makes more sense for us anyway. I mean, if, if you have a fifth year kid where you're, they're technically doing high school for five years, doesn't it make sense to do that? How did you do yours? Well, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so my daughter didn't have high school credits at all before her freshman year. So it was easy for me to just plug in those four years. There you go. But, you know, I look at the DESE, the Department of Education and Secondary Education website pretty much every year just to check in because while Missouri doesn't have specific requirements as far as graduating our homeschooled students, they do have specific requirements for high school, public schoolers, And, you know, I just kind of have always heard that advice that, you know, if you think at any time your child would want to go to college, just kind of maybe model it off of that. So that's kind of what I've done with her and, you know, seeing like, well, they want, you know, four English credits or three math or whatever. And so that's what we've done. But an interesting thing that I saw on the DESI website was that they do plan for some students to have a fifth year of high school. And like, there's a whole section on that. So even the public school system understands that sometimes you will have a student, maybe a struggling student that needs an extra year and they've accommodated for that. So on the flip side, like you're talking about, Mm -hmm. sometimes our students want to get started early and they have the capacity to do that. So having a fifth year on there, I could see doing it that way. Or like you said, I love that. Um, You actually sent me a copy of the one that you did Mm -hmm. and I thought it looked fantastic. It was great. Um, the, the format that I used was actually from the HSLDA website. I just downloaded one of their documents that you could fill in and use that template. And it was super, super easy. You know, I'm a paper and pen girl. So honestly, the past three years, all I've done is just like handwritten all of her credits and how much <laughs> she's gotten and all of her grades and plug them in on paper this year as we're going into her senior year, just to make sure that I had all of the accurate information and Um, I found a really easy, I just did a search on the web for a GPA calculator and Mm -hmm. I found just a super easy one and plugged in all of that data and figured out her GPA, her cumulative GPA. And, you know, I, I kind of tell people that when you first start researching homeschool and you have little ones, it's like all this brand new information and it seems really hard and seems like these puzzle pieces that you have to put together you know, once you've done that for a bit with your homeschool little ones, and now they're getting bigger and more towards like middle and high school, it's really just more of the same thing. It's finding Mm -hmm. resources, finding the information and just plugging in the information where you need it. It's not anything more difficult. It's just different. So if you've already homeschooled for the little years and you have the tenacity or the ability or the passion or the calling or whatever you want to say to keep going, I encourage you to do it. I think it's a lot of fun. Yep, absolutely. I've enjoyed watching them grow and become who they are called to be. It's wonderful. Yeah. And another thing too, that I find is, you know, I feel like, you know, that whole thing of reaping and sowing, 
is so true. And when I look back at all the little pieces that I had laid for my students or that they had picked up on when they were little, all those science nature studies that we did and all of the history that we learned, you know, doing all the little fun projects and costumes and whatever. I feel like it would be such a ripoff to miss that sending them off to school because that's where you really start to see that flourishing fruit growing Mm -hmm. (laughs) from that, all those little seeds that you planted when they were little. Mm -hmm. It's so fun to have these deep conversations with my kids now who are in high school or upper middle school. I've got one that's in eighth grade this year and one that's in 10th grade this year. So now seeing the fruit of like, oh, these connections are being made because of what we did in kindergarten and third Mm -hmm. grade and sixth grade. It's just, I feel so like I'm missing out. I don't know. FOMO for me, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I can't do it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and you know, for me, like, um, just thinking about the middle school and high school thing, middle school, I figured out something about middle school. Middle school is one of two things. It's either reviewing the information that they learned in elementary school, or it's introducing new information that they're going to learn in high school. And Uh some kids don't need that overlap, right? Yeah. Some kids need extra overlap and some kids don't need that overlap at all. And I've, yeah, I'm right there with you. I I just needed to say that it was on my head. Yeah. I'm watching them grow. Yeah. It's wonderful. Like I just can't even say anything else about it. That's just great. Yeah. Well, and a lot of people are like, well, how do homeschoolers graduate their kids so early? Well, because some of these kids, because they have had such individualized education plans through elementary school, like you said, they might not need the overlap of rehashing something that they've learned and they can jump right into high school level stuff. And honestly, you know, I feel like there, there have been some high school level curriculum that we've looked at and it's like, this is super easy, you know, Mm -hmm. absolutely not a challenge. And let's just go for it. You know? Yeah. We should do some episodes of deep diving some other subjects. I know we did a science deep dive, but we can look at some of those other things because it's the same thing. You know, language arts is language arts. When, regardless of when you teach language, you know, like if you're teaching spelling, you start at spelling, right? Like, so it's, Uh yeah, there's variations of difficulty, but it's still all the same information, right? So once they've already reviewed that information, if they don't need to review that information again, because they get it then you can move on. Well, then you get to the end of that and you're like 12th grade language arts. Well, then what do you do? And they're 12 years Mm -hmm. old, you know? Mm -hmm. So homeschoolers, because they can go at their own pace, so many times they don't need to be held back and wait for the rest of the class to catch up. They don't need to sit there and doodle yeah. and wait for everybody else to finish what they're doing or wait. But I find too, line. though, like, I don't know if you've seen this in your homeschool, but I find in mine, typically there's one or two or three subjects that they really excel in. And then mm-hmm. there's like the one that is such the drudgery. And I just, you know, they're quote behind grade level or whatever on something. And it's like, but do you understand how more advanced you are in this other group of subjects over here? Like, I find that there's so much more range and diversity Mm -hmm. and what they're learning through homeschool than what I experienced, you know, being pushed through public school, where here's your classes for ninth grade. Here's your classes for 10th grade. Here's the choices of electives. Like, I just feel like there's so many more opportunities or options Mm -hmm. as you're homeschooling high school to really push them into what they're wanting to do. I mean, or not pushing, but like encouraging them and saying, Hey, you're great at coding. Then spend two hours a day coding. Right. Well, and you know, I know Missouri state law and I'm not sure that other states are like this, but there's not, like you said earlier, there's not a statute that says 
you know, this is what they have to have to graduate. And in the state of Missouri, they graduate when the parent feels they're ready. And so there's not like this outlined thing of what they have to take or what they don't have to take. And um, I mean, obviously Mm -hmm. if they're college bound, that's a different situation, but if they're not college bound, like one of my kiddos is not college bound. When we did his transcript, he's very, he wants to be a writer. He's very interested in the English language. He's not a science kid at all. He's not a math kid. He wants to write. So he ultimately at the end of the day, he had like eight language arts credits and maybe two science credits. And so that's going to look different than a public school because you're going to, you know, you have to have so many science credits and you have to have so many math credits and stuff. And I mean, he took consumer math. He took um, the Dave Ramsey, you know, uh, financial piece. So he did things that were real life things that he would need to know. But as far as any, he didn't do a whole lot of algebra. He didn't do a whole lot of geometry because it's just not his focus. And if he were in public school, then that would have looked completely different. So as a homeschoolers, we are allowed to to pursue their passions. And it might depend on the state that you're in. Of course, you might be required to have some other kinds of kinds of classes. But for us, we were able to really expound on the language arts and really push that further. And when he was tested in eighth grade, he was already post high school with a lot of the language arts abilities that he had but obviously not so much with math and science and other Mm -hmm. things, you know, but like language and history were his strong suits. And so that's what he did the most of. And so, and that's okay. I think because he's, he was able to do the math that he would need to succeed. Like he understands loans and he understands, you know, all the things that adults need to understand. He has that grasp on that, but he's not going to be, I mean, he'll need to whip out a calculator to do his algebra. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it's not a strong suit for, but there's a lot of adults that went to public school that have to do the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. So I hear a lot of parents that are anxious about the transcript, or I don't have enough of this on there, or whatever. I don't have four uh, math credits, I don't have right. four science credits, or whatever. And I always like to remind them colleges are for they are for profit, you know, they want your money, so they will work with your student to get you those classes. And you know what, even better yet, if you don't have all of the math or the science, guess what? They have a class at their university that they will charge you an arm and a leg to take right. that same level. You know, I was not strong in math and I, you know, with my placement test for college, I needed to take kind of like a remedial algebra mm-hmm. class. I did too. It's yeah. like high school level algebra. So, right. you know, anytime my students or my children are struggling I always just remind them like, you know what, who cares? You try your best. You're not going to get every concept. That's impossible. That is, I'm not expecting perfection. I'm expecting that you try your best. And if your best is a C that's your best. So I'm not, Mm -hmm. I don't care about the grades so much. I care about effort and the heart attitude, doing Mm -hmm. the work. And I'm not one iota concerned about what that transcript ultimately looks like to a college because they will want your money in the end. Yeah. So yeah. But my youngest is the only one that's college bound and we're already looking at, you know, dual enrollments and things. So there's, you yeah. know, just kind of trying to think about phasing my job out, you know, so he can start doing the, co- because he could graduate from high school 
with an associate or halfway to the bachelor's and while doing it online or, you know, when I was looking at University of Florida, they have a microbiology and cell biology degree that's 99% online. And Mm -hmm. so when I was telling him about it, I was like, well, there's this really great program through University of Florida. And he goes, do I have to move to Florida? Like, no, of course you don't have to move to Florida. So it's online. He's like, oh yeah, I can do that. That's no problem. So looking at the high school years, even doing that. And from what I understand, if they're dual enrollment, they don't have to take the SAT. And so that's another component of having teens, you know, do you test, do you do the SAT? Do you do the ACT? And, you know, if they're college bound, you know, yeah, but work with the college and have those communications. And maybe if they even take one or two dual enrollment classes, then they don't have to take it. And they can just slide right into the college classes when they're done graduating. graduating. So there's lots of options that way too. There's like a whole topical discussion we could have on clepping out of things and dual enrollment, but yeah, dual enrollment is a great option. If your child is interested in college, that's something we're actually looking at for our senior this year of you know, we've got only a handful of credits that she needs to be able to graduate with that college ready transcript because she doesn't know what she wants to do. And so that's just kind of what we've laid out is, well, it's ready. If you do decide to go, mm-hmm. these are the classes you're going to take to make that happen. And, you know, we, we are talking about looking into dual enrollment, maybe second semester for her uh, to get some college under her belt before she would finish high school, just in case she finds success in that and decides, you know what, I can do this. I'm, I want to do this. Um, or she might decide, you know what, nope, this is too much for me. And we've paid a lot cheaper rate doing dual enrollment. I know around us, there's a lot of great colleges, community colleges, uh, Christian university, um, that offers high schoolers and specifically homeschoolers too mm-hmm. breaks and that or deals for uh, college credits uh, right. for dual enrollment during high school. So that's a really good option if your child doesn't know what they want to do to say, here's one or two classes this semester. Let's try this out. And, you know, it's going to cost a couple hundred bucks or whatever. Right. And if you've got that, and that's, that's a lot cheaper lesson to learn than a full investment in college the year they graduate after they graduate, you know, absolutely. Yeah. And also though, like there's trade schools around here as well, um, Mm -hmm. or through the community college, I know there's some programs for like building home building and, Mm -hmm. uh, mechanical things they can take. Mm -hmm. That would be also great options for your child. Who's maybe unsure of what they want to do. Well, and networking Um, too, when you're networking with, with those in your community, like we were talking about earlier, you know, a friend of ours, her son graduated last year and has on the job training as an electrician apprentice. And mm -hmm. so he's learning, he's right under the wings. I think the, the electrician that he's under is someone from their church. And so, you know, he's able to go to work. He enjoys it. He's learning every day. Um, and he's not having to pay for the program to do it. Um, mm-hmm. And so he's very much a, an apprentice and enjoying that. And that's something that he can do lifelong. And so, yeah, there's lots of programs like that. And, you know, some of those job, the trade schools, you know, that the public high schools will bus the kids to the trade schools mm-hmm. during high school and stuff. Well, you know, that's also available to homeschoolers, at least it should be. And so it's worth having the conversation. If you have a child that is interested in car mechanics, for example, then you can contact Mm -hmm. your local trade school in that way and ask them, you know, what do you have for homeschoolers? And it's, there's no reason why not, you know, if that is something that is a passion for your child. I mean, I've got a kid that wants to be a marine biologist and I've thought often about contacting our local zoo 
you know, contacting local, you know, the aquariums and, and things. And what can we do volunteering? Maybe we could mm-hmm. volunteer and I'd happily drive him down there and let him volunteer for a couple hours a week or whatever. And yeah, that's, his, that is a good point. The, yeah. Yeah. The zoo does offer great volunteer program for teens yeah, uh, in go. Kansas city. That is a great summer job opportunity mm-hmm. too. They have job opportunities they've got. So like, yeah, if your kid is fascinated with animals or whatever, it's a great opportunity. There's, you just have to be brave and reach out. And, you know, I always look, I would rather email someone than call them. And yeah. there's a couple of reasons for that. For me, it's so I remember the information and um, when <laughs> right. they're, when I'm emailing them, I don't have to talk to them over the phone. I mean, that's always a plus, but a big reason is to be able to contact someone to email them. And then when they write me back, I have this, you know, huge amount of information that I wouldn't have been able to write down fast enough if I were on the phone with them. So look on websites, do click on the contact us, look for the, you know, email addresses if they have them and just email around and see, you know, who has an opportunity for your child. And that's part of the advocation. You know, if your, if your child mm-hmm. was in public school, the other adults would be doing something similar. They all network, they all know people. We just have to do it in a different way. Right. Yeah. That also, as you're talking, reminded me several years ago, a family posted in one of our support groups that we're in for homeschoolers about an opportunity they were putting together where it was basically kind of like what you said, that job fair situation where they had any interested homeschooler that had high schoolers uh, that wanted to find information on like local trades. So they had a real estate agent come in and talk about real estate and how they got involved and as being an agent. They had an electrician, a plumber, several different jobs like that where the teens would get together and that person would be the speaker for the day and they would offer a time for questions. And, you know, so maybe that's an idea if you have teens to get a local group together like that Mm -hmm. and put out on the local page and say, Hey, if I could get someone to come and speak, you know, and who knows that type of network building would be super beneficial. I mean, it won't hurt anything if your child isn't interested in real estate for you to know an agent. So like, if you're wanting to move, then, oh, I've actually (laughs) got a hold of this person or, you know, and reach out in the homeschool community too. A lot of the dads have a business of their own or the moms uh, have businesses that they run out of their home, hair, hair uh, cutting, Mm -hmm. or, um, you know, the cosmetology school, there's usually one near a big city, at least one. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know like there's three around Kansas city area, but at least, uh, so there's lots of different options besides just college. So I, I just never want anybody to feel like uh, I just, you know, the eighties, I feel like people in homeschooling that were doing it before it was legal, or it was just, they didn't have a big network. There was always this push for academics. You know, we got to prove that we're homeschooling and our kids are super smart and that's why they're graduating at 12. And, you know, they had a lot to prove to show that this was a viable way to educate their children. Now I feel like we take that for granted. Like we don't have to prove that we are just homeschoolers, but I do feel still kind of this undercurrent in some homeschool circles to have highly, highly academic students that are going to these amazing colleges or having all of these wonderful opportunities. And the reality is not everyone is a high achieving student, no matter how smart they are, no matter how interested in school they are, you know, there are average students in homeschool. There are kids that still won't get algebra, no matter if you take it three years in a row. Um, (laughs) 
and we shouldn't feel bad about that. You know, like, I do feel like that tide is changing a little bit. You know, when when I first started, I really felt that pressure to be above and beyond, but I, and maybe my care for it has just dwindled. You know, I don't know. Right. It's one or the other or both. You're but... jaded from your life experiences, <laughs> homeschooling. But, you know, uh, I don't, I don't feel, I mean, there are some times where I feel that little tweak of, oh, we're not doing enough, but uh-huh. um, not nearly as often or as much yeah. as when we were, had the younger kids. So, but yeah. I think too, though, like, I don't know, you get into some different uh, homeschool methodologies and those circles, there are some that are still like, super rigid, super academic. Like there's no time for any activity that's fun. They can never mm. get together for like a hangout because their kids are in like 50 bazillion things. I think you and I don't see that so much because we've surrounded ourselves with people who are just like, you know, <laughs> our kids are just going to hang out outside and <laughs> find something to do. And we're going to call it science. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Free yourself from the pressure of other people's expectations on you or your children, whether that's your in-laws, your neighbor, your church friends, you know, do Mm -hmm. what you feel like is the best education for your child and let it go. (laughs) Let it go. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, you want to wrap this up? We've been talking a while. Well, I hope that we've shared something that sparked interest or something that's got you another little rabbit hole to dig through, uh, in your journey with your homeschooled high schoolers. Uh, if you are wanting to reach out to us for more information or just to say, hi, you can do that at <laughs> go homeschooling podcast at gmail.com. That's the one <laughs> go to homeschooling can... podcast on Facebook, Instagram. Are we anywhere else? Is that it? I guess that's it. No, we're, we're simple people. Do we need to be on Twitter? No, <laughs> we're not on TikTok either. <laughs> Maybe eventually we should do like a YouTube live. Let oh, us yeah. know if you want any of those things and we'll uh, talk about it. Right. So hope you have a great week and we will be back next week with more information and shenanigans. <laughs> Thanks for listening today. We hope you'll subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you'd like to suggest topics for us to discuss, or if you have any questions, Find us at Goat Homeschooling on Facebook, on Instagram at Goat Homeschool, and email us at Goat Homeschooling Podcast at gmail.com. Have a great day. Thanks for listening.